Welcome to the Scrap Happier Podcast, where we share quick tips, tricks, and techniques to help you create scrapbooks you love and be happier while doing it. I'm your host, Alice Bull. I am so glad that you're joining us for this episode today. I have a special guest, and I am so thrilled to talk to Victoria Calvin from Victoria Marie Designs. Welcome, Victoria. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited by the progress that you have made in your business the last few years with the ways that you help scrapbookers. A, I'm a huge fan of the way that you scrapbook, but also in the way that you teach scrapbooking to others. And I think that that's just phenomenal. Can you give me a little bit of background information about yourself and about your business and how you kind of got started in doing all that you do? Yeah, sure. So I am a former human resources slash higher ed slash nonprofit professional. My last career, I worked for an organization called Court Appointed Special Advocates, or CASA for short, where I trained folks to advocate for kids in foster care. And I also managed cases and had my own caseload there. I always tell, tell people that it was the most rewarding yet the most difficult job I've ever done. But towards the end of that particular job, I was starting to feel like I wanted something of my own. And for the longest time, um, even when I was in my HR career a few years ago, I knew that I wanted to have a business of some type and entrepreneurship was definitely going to be in my, in my future. So, um, I kind of put it on the back burner for a while. Meanwhile, I started getting really involved in the scrapbooking community online and start scrapbooking more. And that was probably about 10 or so years ago. I've been a scrapbooker for over 15 years. And I discovered one day just by um, happenstance (laughs) that there were people doing scrapbooking process videos on YouTube. And prior to that, I was um, looking at scrapbooking magazines and, you know, those types of things, the non-digital form of, of inspiration. And when I noticed that people were doing scrapbooking videos, I thought, oh, wow, this is really fun. And then there was scrapbooking discussion groups and scrapbooking Facebook groups was becoming a thing. And so I started kind of diving into the hobby a little bit more and connecting with others. And then one day I said, you know what, I could probably make YouTube videos. And that was about seven years ago, believe it or not. And so I made my first YouTube video, which was completely horrible. It's probably cringeworthy. <laughs> so um, from there. Don't look back. Don't look back. That's all I exactly. say. Exactly. <laughs> Don't look back. <laughs> Don't look back. Um, so I started, didn't know anything of what I was doing. I had no clue about editing software or video equipment or anything like that. I just knew that I could film something on my phone. And I jimmy rigged a, a camera mount for my phone. It was a whole hot mess. But I ended up producing my first YouTube video. And from there, the channel continued to grow. And I was working full time and engaging in scrapbooking online as just an extension of my hobby and really enjoying it. Then about four or five years later, I was really feeling the pull to start a business. I was kind of burnt out working in child welfare, and I wanted to do something creative. And I've always have had education and training as a part of my career for many, many years, um, when I from when I was in HR to when I worked in higher ed, and of course, my last role in child welfare. And I said to myself, you know what, I could probably parlay my skills of training and development into a career 
and the craft and hobby industry. So the first thing I did was I researched careers in the craft and hobby industry and noticed there was a whole educational component to it. I knew I didn't want to really sell product and I didn't want to design and develop things, but I could teach people how to scrapbook and how to tell their stories in this beautiful medium. And so Victoria Marie Designs was spawned from that idea. And what I wanted to do was offer online education for scrapbookers. Also wanted to host retreats. And I hosted my first retreat in 2016, I believe, or 2015. I cannot remember. And then um, everything else just kind of took on from there. So I started with my first class, Layering Like a Boss. I took a risk and I quit my job through the... um, through the support of my spouse who said, look, you're already making crap money. So why don't you just go ahead? And I was in the nonprofit field. You don't make a lot of money. So why don't you just go ahead and take a plunge? And if anything, if it doesn't work out, you can always go back to work. But if you don't do this, you're going to regret it the rest of your life. So I made some plans and a notebook and I wrote my first class and I produced it. And it's been my most popular class to date, layering like a boss. And that's how Victoria Marie Designs was started. So we are going into year four. Uh, this year in 2021. And I have grown the YouTube channel. I have an online community on Patreon. I have written, I think, close to 12 online classes so far, I believe, and um, have grown a great community of supportive scrapbookers. I just love the Victoria Marie Designs community so much. And um, I also do contract work for companies in the industry as well. So I'm glad that I took the risk as hesitant as I was. Um, truth be told, it took me a long time to take the plunge. It took me about two years to make that decision. And finally, um, I just jumped off the cliff headfirst and went forward. And I'm, I'm certainly glad that I did. So um, that's kind of the story of Victoria Marie Designs and how it came to be. Well, I really like the fact that you kind of looked at what your options were. You kind of researched it first mm-hmm. and then... I think that applies to everything that we do in life. When we just dive in, you know, like it helps to have done a little bit of research <laughs> first. Yeah. No matter whether it's like comes to like leaving your job or um, you know, making scrapbook pages maybe for the first time. Like mm-hmm. you you kind of figure it out along the way, but it helps if you've done a little bit of research first to kind of know where you need to go. <laughs> Absolutely. And to decide what you would like to do as a business and what you don't. And you know, I always tell people um, that if you're going to go into business for yourself, then you need to do something, one, that you're passionate about, and two, that you're meeting a need in the market. Because if you're not passionate about it, then you're not going to like doing it as a business because things get more complicated when you do it as a business, right? So if it's something that you want, make sure it's meeting a need and it's something that you're passionate about doing. So with um, your own scrapbooking, where are you at like in your scrapbooking kind of journey right now for yourself? Can you kind of give us a kind of give us that temperature reading, I guess, on where you're at? I am kind of in the mode right now where I'm trying all the things and really trying to go the next level in terms of my design and not being hesitant to Um, step outside of my comfort zone. And I think for a lot of us, we sort of develop a style that we default to, and that's perfectly okay. But I find myself more and more than ever before sitting down and saying, okay, how can we do this next level thing? How, you know, what product have we not tried? What technique have we not tried yet that maybe we encourage others to try, but we haven't tried ourselves. And I I sometimes do that uh, as an educator. Um, But taking creative risk, I think if I could sum it all up, but taking more creative risk and trying different 
styles of scrapbooking. I'm an eclectic scrapbooker. So I like all different styles and, and feeling more comfortable in that. So when I open up my albums, not all my layouts look the same. So I think it's all a part of taking creative risk and I keep what I like and I let go of the things that I don't like and giving myself permission to do that. And so can we talk about that for a second? Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're, you're kind of a minimal supplies or more minimal than some. Let's just say I'm a maximalist <laughs> and I'm living with that. But you don't have a ton of supplies in your space. How has that changed as you're dabbling into new areas? Well, I think now that I'm doing more contract-based work with companies, um, my supply amount has increased a little bit because I do get a lot of product to work with. But in general, I don't tend to buy a ton of, I, t- I buy more tools than anything because I like using tools and those remain evergreen because you can use them over and over again. Um I do try to limit what I use because I feel that that's where I create. That's where I think the creative, um, not struggles. What am I trying to say? Um, I think that's where I push myself creatively when I don't have a lot of options. And so I do tend to veer towards getting kits of products. So I only have a limited amount of uh, product to work with and try to really challenge myself to think about how can I use this product in different ways um, and make it more um, uh, utilitarian on that particular project. Also, I found over the years, there was a time where I had a ton of stuff. I mean, just way too much stuff that I was ever going to use. And so I've learned to brutal purge as much as I possibly can and only keep the things that I'm absolutely in love with so that I enjoy using them on a page. And even though my craft space has expanded, I, my craft space is uh, above my garage right now. We have a bonus space above the garage that I share with my daughter. We also homeschool in the space. As I look around, and we're talking right now, and I look around at my space, I, I, I have a lot more than what I used to, but I still think I maintain a certain level of supplies that's comfortable for me that I know that I can feasibly use and that it's product that I love using and um, letting go of the rest. And so I'm constantly purging and purging what's going to work, what's going to work, what's not going to work, and feeling comfortable with that. So when I sit down to actually do a scrapbook design, then I'm using the things that I love, and I'm limiting those choices, but it also helps me exercise and really develop that creative muscle a lot more versus if I have a ton of stuff that I'm trying to work with, and I'm not able to make decisions. So what is something new that you've tried so far that you're like kind of excited about right now? (laughs) So I am learning how to paper piece. And there are a couple of YouTubers that I've followed over the years that are able to make these fantastic designs, just kind of paper piecing and creating things with scraps of pieces of paper or die cuts and that type of thing. And that's not something that comes naturally to me as a creative because I tend to like all my supplies ready to go and done (laughs) versus thinking of how I can transform you know a scrap piece of paper into something that's going to be brilliant also I produce a lot for my business and so I have to make sure that what I'm using is something I can uh, use on a project and get it done relatively quickly to meet deadlines but um, paper piecing is something that I've been interested in and then also stitching and sewing on my layouts and uh, one person that I love following and who I who I work with, Paige Evans, does beautiful layouts, and I, I just love her design. But I also love the fact that she stitches on her layouts too. So um, I haven't done as much of that lately because my sewing machine has decided not to work. So as soon as that gets fixed, then I'm going to jump headfirst back into 
uh, stitching more and adding more of that textural element to my layout because I absolutely love texture and, and I think you can achieve that with uh, stitching or sewing on a layout. I may be a little scared of sewing. It's not like I've never done it, but it's definitely not my comfort zone in scrapbooking. But pages, pages are yes. so beautiful. They are. They're just beautiful and colorful and whimsical and very artistic. And I absolutely love them. I look to her for that, you know, she's one of, of a few people that I look to for that sort of creative artistic inspiration, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think like I, for myself, the thing that I needed to try that I didn't actually know that I would love um, was coloring. Mm. I have been following some artists that color, some stampers that do coloring as well. And going from there, it has been really interesting because I finally came across these pens that they're the tri-blend markers. Mm -hmm from Spectrum Noir, they have all three shades in one pen. Oh, yes, yes. Introduced to them through one of those scrapbooking cards delivered events. Mm -hmm. And I am totally hooked. I'm like, <laughs> okay, now I can color. I totally get the alcohol marker thing. Like, yeah. I just didn't have the right shades and the right technique before. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, coloring is fun. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and when you find the tools that work for you, I know a lot of people get very, myself included, get kind of intimidated with the Copic markers. You see people using those a lot. But there's so many brands out there that are making coloring with alcohol markers a lot easier and that and that is a perfect example of that so when you think you oh god I can't get this coloring thing down now you have a tool where you can <laughs> so you can just color away my mom was so shocked to hear that I colored <laughs> I actually sent her proof because I'm like look I colored this she's like you didn't even like coloring as a kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> the coloring part is really fun. I've recently have been making a lot more cards and coloring has been my sticking point for many years. And so it's nice to be able to finally figure it out using alcohol markers for sure. So where, like, okay. do you have a project that you are working on for 2021? Something that's kind of like ongoing or a goal that you're working to with your scrapbooking this year? I am. And it falls in line with this with a year-long class that I'm hosting right now, Project Done, a year-long scrapbooking journey. And one of the things that I'm working on this year is finishing projects that I started that I hadn't finished. So uh, there's three projects that come to mind. One is my daughter's baby album, and she will be 11 in February, which makes me want to cry. <laughs> She's Nobody oh can God. relate to that, Victoria. Right. Nobody can relate at all to unfinished albums. Exactly, right? <laughs> totally unrelatable topic. Um, so anyway, I am going to, my goal is to finish that baby album. And then I also have a couple of travel albums that I want to finish. I'm starting with my most current project. So we went to Hot Springs, Arkansas uh, over the summertime, and I want to get that mini album done. And then I have my epic Disney World trip from 2018 that um, I want to get done because we hopefully will be able to go back for Christmas. At least we have that planned and booked. But I want to get the 2018 trip done uh, before I dig into the 2021 trip if we end up going, depending on where things are at with the pandemic. And um, so those are the three projects that I am gunning for this year. And then out, I, my off-the-page projects is I'm getting ready to reorganize my scrapbook studio. Um, so yeah. that's I'm looking forward to it because it's needed. And I was going to keep waiting and waiting. And finally, coming out of 2020, noticing that my workflow was off, I'm like, I have got to get the space right. So that's my off-the-page project that I'm working on this year. 
That's amazing. I think by keeping yourself like in this little, um, so that you don't bring too many things on board, Mm -hmm. that kind of really helps to guide yourself so that you actually have a plan. Can you tell us a little bit more about this class, uh, the Project Done class? Yes, absolutely. So Project Done was spawned from this idea that I myself have a lot of unfinished projects that I need to finish, that I want to finish. Some of them I've just kind of cast away because they don't mean anything to me anymore. Maybe it's about people that I no longer associate with or like (laughs) or whatever. So I'm just going to move those along. But the projects that I really, really want to get done, I want to make those priority. Um, But I needed to develop a process and a system around it. And I'm like, you know what? If I am struggling to get these things done for whatever reasons, I know there's other people too um, that are having these problems. And I hear it all the time in the Victoria Marie Designs community. We talk about unfinished projects and wanting to get things done and wanting to hold ourselves accountable for it. But more importantly, giving ourselves permission to have a moment in our day, our week, on our weekend to actually sit down and focus on scrapbooking, right? And, and to work on these projects and to finally finish them. So Project Done was born from that idea. Uh, Project Done, a year-long scrapbooking journey, is 12 months where they're broken down into topics. And so, for instance, this month, uh, our topic is setting um, intentions and realistic goals, where we're talking about smart goals relative to our scrapbooking projects. You get your monthly content. You get um, Zoom, two Zoom live opportunities with me. They're both instructional and workshop based. So we talk about, I introduce the topic, we talk about it relative to um, our scrapbooking goals and what our intentions are. And then the students have an opportunity to work on activities and homework throughout the month. And I guide all of that with discussion. And the class is is um, high engagement based. And so the students basically engage amongst themselves in addition to consuming the class content. So there's the class materials section of it, and then there's the engagement part of the class as well. And right now they're working on setting their goals and intentions. They are working on making lists of the projects that they want to uh, get done and making small goals for the month of what they want to complete. Um, They're hooking up and finding accountability partners in this class as well. That's one of the things we're focusing on this month. And every month is focusing on something different. So next month, we're going to talk about making space for our creative hobbies. Um, There's one month where we're going to talk about reevaluating your scrapbook design so that you can work towards uh, implementing scrapbook designs and techniques that work for you to help you get your projects done. Um, and then we're going to have a mid-year review where we check in to see where we're at. And there's an end of the year review as well. And all of that supported by really good content based on these different topics relative to getting projects done. And then everyone is supporting each other. We're cheering each other on and holding each other accountable for getting the projects done that we say that we're going to get done. And if by the end of the year, we didn't get everything done that we wanted to, we're going to celebrate whatever successes and wins that we have. We're going to celebrate them monthly and also towards the end of the year so that we can feel good about what we got done and make plans for the the new year, for new projects that maybe we want to get done. But the whole idea is to have a community of learners who are working on different aspects of scrapbooking relative to productivity and getting projects done and having a community of support and getting really good content every month. Um, so they have a workbook, they have uh, the live sessions, there's going to be some uh, recorded videos that I pop in every month. And um, Ever, all the tools that they need to be successful and in, in getting their their projects done. So that's the class. 
So that must be like, what, $600? <laughs> no, in fact, that class is $59.99 USD. And it's just a one-time You payment. are giving yourself away. This is amazing. Yes, it is $59.99. And we did an early bird special before the beginning of the year. It was $49.99. So if I offer this again, uh, another round of it, I'll do another early bird special. But right now, it's regular price, $59.99. It is hosted on the Victoria Marie Mighty Network. It's a great platform. And our students are having an amazing time. It's a journey. We're going on this journey together. And I use that word a lot. And that's how the class flows uh, for the entire year. So every month you get a new set of content, you get new uh, two new Zoom sessions, you've got your workbook and your class content and your homework to keep you engaged all throughout the year to help support you get your projects done. So all of that and hanging out with me in a community of learners for $59.99. That's an amazing deal. (laughs) Well, that was like when you told me about your online, um, the virtual Mm crops that you're doing, Mm -hmm. you you do amazing weekend virtual crops. Are you doing these like every month? This year I have 10 that I have planned for. They're going to be January through May and then I'm taking a break in June and then July through November and then I'll be on vacation, holiday vacation December so I won't have it then. So it'll be 10 opportunities to engage in the online virtual crops. Those two are hosted on the Victoria Marie Mighty Network. They are three-day virtual crops. Usually we'll start a kickoff on Friday evening. We have challenges and prizes and Zoom sessions throughout the weekend. And this year I'm adding in an educational component uh, to that where there's a mini class of some sort and maybe potentially a guest that I might invite to join me in that effort. The crops are themed. February, we're having our the Scrapper Bowl, which is lightly loosed off of a the American Super Bowl that's getting ready to come up, but it's more sports related. Uh, March, we're doing Mixed Media Madness. May, I'm doing Technique Boot Camp. So they all have a theme and all the challenges are focused around that theme. And so you can come join us Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. $7.99 is the ticket of admission and you get all this fantastic content and you get to hang out with people and you get live Zooms and have a good time. That's amazing. Yeah. That's like seriously amazing. <laughs> And it's been great seeing how people have connected with this. So I'm very, very happy. And, you know, as long as I'm able to, I'll continue to offer them year after year. Well, I definitely think that you're underpricing, but I'm not going to tell you that <laughs> because everybody is really excited about $7.99 for a, for a whole event like that. I said at that price point, and I don't know if that price point will change in the future, but it is what it is right now. Coming through the pandemic with people losing their jobs and all of that, I wanted to provide an offering that was affordable Mm -hmm. and that was accessible to a lot of people. Will it be that price range next year? I don't know. But for now, it's $7.99 and um, I want people to be able to have access to it. And I've gotten a lot of comments from folks who say, I want to attend your live events, but I can't because either I live out of the country or it's something I can't afford but I can afford eight or seven ninety nine to participate in this online event. So um, for right now, I'll keep it at that price point. I'm trying to be sensitive to the market. And if it changes down the road, then it changes down the road. But um, I felt there needs to be at least something that I offer that can be readily accessible. Yeah. Just hop in and go. Absolutely. Like That's like not a commitment at nope. all, right? <laughs> nope. Not at all. Not at all. I love that you're providing something that people can come in, Mm -hmm. they can see what you offer for free, Mm -hmm. they can try out this other thing, they can take one of your classes. It's giving people the chance to kind of try before they buy kind of thing. (laughs) And it's amazing. So 
when you're scrapbooking and you're sitting there in front of your page, do you have any kind of prompt that people would be like, it's like one of your favorite prompts to scrapbook about? Like, would you like to share a prompt of the day for us? I tend to scrapbook a lot about myself and I know that that's not comfortable for a lot of people, but I do. And so usually I will sit down if I'm scrapbooking about myself in particular, I'll say, you know, what is a story that I want to document? So recently I just created a page for my Patreon community where I'm talking about my work life. Like right now in this present day, what's my work life? And the title of the layout is called my work day. And so I plan to, for that layout, to talk about the fact, you know, that I'm continuing to work from home. What does that look like in light of the fact that everybody's in the house right now because of the pandemic, what I'm focusing on, what my fears are. So if I were to give a prompt of the day, why not document yourself, nobody else, but yourself and where you're at in terms of maybe your job, maybe your interests maybe your goals for the year. This is a great time to do one of, uh, you know, I usually do a layout every year about what my, my um, plans are, what my thoughts or my hopes are for the new year. It's my annual new year layout that I like to do, but maybe this weekend or whatever you sit down and, and the prompt is, is something about you and you just pick an area of, of something that maybe you haven't documented before. Or maybe it's something you document regularly and get that into your scrapbook because it's very important that we as scrapbookers are also in our scrapbooks as well. I totally agree. I, I made a whole course years ago. I eventually will move it over to scrap happy, but it was called scrapbook you. It's all about creating a highlight reel about your life because I talked to so many scrapbookers that didn't have any scrapbooks about themselves. And you're like, Oh, I made this book about my son, or I made this book about my daughter. I made this book about, you know, all these other people, but they weren't in their books. They didn't have a book they could pull out and say, this is a book about me. And it's just so funny that, you know, that we let ourselves do that. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Like, how is it that we really are only able to tell our own stories, mm-hmm. but we focus on telling everybody else's instead? Oh, absolutely. And I think there's a level of, for some people, maybe a level of discomfort or what do I say about myself, even to people sometimes feeling that maybe it's selfish to document my own story. And so it's easier to be able to do that, to document other people's stories. But really, we need to have evidence of our own life and our own perspective outside of those that are in our lives, whether it's our partners, spouses, children, uh, other family members or whatnot. We, we need to have that documented evidence of, of our likes and our hopes and our challenges and our experiences that are just uniquely ours as individuals that don't pertain to maybe anybody else. So we, we can be the star of our stories, too. I think that's important. That's totally important. Mm-hmm. So we like to have our guests share a tip of the day, something that either helps you scrapbook or motivates you or like anything that's related to making, I don't, I don't know, making your life better or making your scrapbooking better. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking about with the Project Done students that one of the things that I stress, my tip of the day is When you're sitting down to do a project and you're feeling hesitant about where to start, to just start. (laughs) That's one of the things we've been talking about this month is just start. And your starting point can be a variety of things. It could be 
you know what, you may not know what the embellishments are going to look like on your scrapbook page, but why don't you start with the background first and let that be your starting point. Or maybe your starting point is a sketch. That's not cheating. It's just creative inspiration. Maybe it's a color palette, or maybe it is watching a couple of YouTube videos or looking at a magazine or a book, but pick a starting point and just go. And the end result might not be what you want it to be, but at least you've started the momentum of actually committing your creative ideas and letting that come out into something physical, something that's on the page. Because the longer you think about it, the less likely you are to actually start the project and start with the idea that this project is not meant to be perfection, right? Done is better mm -hmm. than not done. And so just sit down, take a deep breath, enjoy the process because it's in the process where we learn and we grow and just start, just start. So that is my tip. I love it. I love it so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts, to tell us a little bit about the projects that are inspiring your creativity this year. And I know that they're going to be inspiring others to scrapbook their stories. Can you tell us where people should go to find you online? Absolutely. So I am on uh, YouTube, Victoria Marie Scraps, been there for a long time. So if you haven't joined me there, please do. And when you're there, make sure that you subscribe. I'm also on Facebook. I have a business account there under Victoria Marie Designs. You can find me on Instagram pretty much every day. I'm on Instagram. I love sharing in stories. And of course, the Victoria Marie Mighty Network. And for those looking for exclusive content, I do have a uh, exclusive Patreon group as well. And I also have a blog where you can find me. So like everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> Victoria Marie Designs or Victoria Marie Scraps. You can find me there. <laughs> That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Victoria. I think that your insights and the way that you approach scrapbooking, like it's kind of methodical, but you're kind of branching into different areas and you kind of look at what the essential parts of scrapbooking are and then you make that happen on the page and then you do it so artfully. So <laughs> those are kind of how I look at your pages and it really motivates people me to do a better job on my pages to make sure that I am conveying the stories that I want to tell and doing it in a way that I feel is really pretty. So that is um, something I really admire about your scrapbooking style. And I hope that um, you continue to develop the fun things this year as you play with new techniques and tools and styles. Well, thank you so much. It was fun having me on and you're absolutely one of my favorites. So thank you so much. I really like Victoria's ideas about trying different things, trying different styles, stepping outside the style that you have right now and trying something else. And when she talked about how having fewer supplies, that it can help you be more creative and then you're using the products that you love. Let me tell you, I was listening intently because like I said, I'm a maximalist. I want all the things, but I think that it really could be beneficial to have a few fewer things so that I can use them all. I love hearing that scrapbookers that I admire are testing out the waters with new things. Victoria talked about exploring paper piecing and stitching and sewing. And I just think it's such a great thing for our creative process to try new stuff. Coloring for me has been the best and it has been so inspiring. And it leads me to want to try different things on my scrapbook pages. And for me, that's a win. 
Did Victoria's prompt about scrapbooking about yourself make you feel a little bit uncomfortable? If so, that might mean that it's even more important for you to dive into that prompt. Create a page that is inspired by you. You can tell your own story. You're the best person equipped to tell your own story. So I challenge you to take that prompt to heart and make a page like that today. And while you're doing it, maybe you want to incorporate the tip. The tip was to just start. So it's the perfect way to get that prompt scrapped. Just start. And of course, you can catch all of the show notes for this episode and links to Victoria's social media and everywhere that she is. She's everywhere. You can catch all of that at scraphappy.org slash episode 26. But before we wrap this up, I just wanted to let you know that we have a special challenge coming up hosted by Scrap Happy. And you can probably hear that I am grinning ear to ear. This is one of my favorite things that we do all year. And it is the load challenge. We call it load because it is the layout a day where we actually make a scrapbook page every day for a month. For February, our theme is fresh, simple and shiplap. We're going to be inspired by Chip and Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper and their whole Magnolia brand. And we're going to use inspiration from them to tell our stories, to scrapbook about our life. And trust me, even if you've never seen Fixer Upper, don't know who Chip and Joanna are, or you don't know what shiplap is, what is it anyway? Don't worry, we're going to explore all of that through the month as we dig into the theme, look at the prompts, and scrapbook our stories. Each day there's a story prompt and a technique prompt to get you telling your story and creating your page, so there's always plenty of inspiration. And because we share our pages in a private gallery, there's always a good amount of accountability. And if you're anything like me, a little bit of accountability can go a long way to actually getting things done. And if you're on the fence about this, don't worry, I've got an extra 20% off coupon for you. But before I give you that code, I just want to tell you, our load challenges, we do three of them every year in the Scrap Happy membership, and all of them are included as part of the membership. Now, normally load is $65, and your first year Scrap Happy membership would be $149, but you get three load challenges for that, including all of the rest of the Scrap Happy membership. And we have a lot of stuff going on. It is a great way to get involved with other scrapbookers and to scrapbook your pages. And if you want to join us for load or for the Scrap Happy membership, just dive right in. We have a 30 day money back guarantee. If you don't like it, just tell me and we will refund your money. But you can use the code HAPPIER20 and you can save 20% on either the load registration or your Scrap Happy membership. So pop over to scraphappy.org slash load or come and join the family at scraphappy.org. And P.S. The deadline to use the coupon is January 31st because that's when we get started. That night is when we get started scrapbooking for our load challenge. So get signed up, get in, get your 20% off. And that's it. You'll find all the information from this episode of the Scrap Happier podcast. I think this is 
our longest episode of the podcast. Thanks for sticking with me. I know this is a longer one. We will be going back to shorter episodes. I just love what Victoria is doing. I love the way she focuses on scrapbooking and skills. And I hope that you're as inspired by her as I am and check out all of her fun stuff. Don't forget, everything is linked at scraphappy.org slash episode 26. I hope that the tips today will help you scrap happier and make pages that you love. Happy scrapping! Thank you.